What up, folks, and welcome back to another episode of the Big O Bell Podcast, Wrestling Podcast. Uh, tonight, we will be again, once again, because we've been talking about it for months. You can go back and check out our episodes back in April, uh, where we talked about the Warner Brothers, Warner Media Discovery uh, merger and how that may affect AEW. And for whatever reason, with all the news coming out about it, everybody now is all of a sudden aware that this is really happening. So we're going to talk about how that affects AEW. Um, the Triple H era of wwe we got two sample doses of what he does when he's in charge we'll talk about it rick flair is retired and i probably should put air quotation marks because folks are thinking that he may go once again we'll talk about our reactions to that the AEW video game and more all tonight on the big Obert wrestling podcast let's get into it folks everybody and welcome back for another episode of the big old belt wrestling podcast here on our lovely thursday it is august the 4th we have the entire team tonight as we're going to be covering the latest and hottest in pro wrestling and entertainment because there's always a little bit of a blur between that uh but Nigeria, two chains here alongside of Will to my one side, uh, Jamal the Giant Crab to my other side. Below me, I have Damien and Mr. Silly Salas Marsalis himself. Gentlemen, how's it going tonight? Feeling good, feeling great. Hanging feeling in good. there. All can do. All right, on. I am back from vacation and I'm very relaxed at this point in my life. So we're good. Uh, Lucky you. Good. <laughs> new tan. You got a new tan? Heck yeah, I did. <laughs> Cancun and, is good to your boys, save for the, the weight gain. <laughs> and Jamal, how's it going today? Yeah, I watched Ric Flair's last match, and <laughs> I am still trying to recover from it. <laughs> <laughs> Jamal will be handling the any spotlight and news at the middle of the show after our commercial break, so stay tuned for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, hey, you brought it up, so I guess we'll start there. Ric Flair's final match. Now, here's the thing. Now, you, you all did a lot of coverage with this card uh, where we did not know what the card was going to be, where we did not know what the uh, main event was going to be. We knew Ric Flair was going to be involved, but you, uh, Will, and uh, Jamal has extensively been covering it, building it up on handling a lot of the previous episodes. But we finally got the card, finally got the show. Um, the card was pretty good. Um, there was a lot of first-time matches. Uh, you know, they really brought it together. They damn sure sold out that venue. Um, they did good media coverage. So, for all it's worth, Ric Flair name being on something clearly brings people out. 
you just had to get to the main event just to see how it all was going to come to a wrap now the celebrities were in the building as i said the media was there um, um uh, it had you know full-blown media coverage um so it, it felt like a big event before we talk about the main event for those who watched it what did you overall think and feel about the night and starting with you jamal so top to bottom um i thought it was a damn good show and i think the show itself a lot of the criticism was about the match the the main event itself rick flair's last match and i'll get to that in a second i think top to bottom it was kind of like a snapshot of wrestling in the last 20 years you had a little bit of everything Mm. um you know you had japanese guys in the pre-show you had a lucha you know match you had a couple uh lucha matches um you had some stuff that ties into modern stuff you had a bunch of indie stuff and For then you your had, stuff i don't know about that but then you had a very um well you did you had mlw you had AEW. i mean mlw and you had impact wrestling first time ever you know so definitely forbidden door stuff not the gimmick forbidden door but the technical forbidden door. i mean if if mlw and impact were to merge as as two companies become one i don't think it would be that forbidden that's not something that's like super unprecedented hell why hasn't it happened yet but that's a different story um and then of course the main event you had a very classic mid the late 80s nwa uh you know mid-south wrestling type of match now you could say well rick flair is 700 years old his first match was versus moses at the red sea while they were waiting for the party. <laughs> two out of three falls on the banks of the uh, river uh, of the red sea and his last match is a tag match and we knew what was going to happen we knew that he was going to be in a tag match so that he can get uh some rest and he doesn't have to put all of the onus on him that somebody can take the spotlight off him Andrade's his legit son-in-law. Him and Jared, you know, have built up the match pretty nicely and lethal, you know, to help train them uh, to get ready for the match. If anything, I think Flair overthought it. I think if he would have just come in, laissez-faire, you know, did his woos, did his chops, and didn't try to put too much pressure on himself to do stuff, it would have probably flowed a little bit better than it did. Now, also, I'm not 78 years old with a pacemaker and God only knows what a list of um, medical conditions that he has uh, from all the rocks on Space Mountain, don't you know? That's going to do something to your back. <laughs> sure. With that said, he worked the match that he should have worked. Did Flair bleed? Yes, he did, because it's Ric Flair. Did Flair, you know, do some crazy... Not even. He worked a Ric Flair match. But he worked a Ric Flair match at half speed because he's fucking a thousand. What do you want from him? <laughs> Man, so, been quarter so speed even. <laughs> right. So, and even commentary said, and and you know, and God bless him for starting uh, the pre-show at six oh five. Uh, but but Crockett and and Shivani, two Southern, you know, you know, uh, mid South guys, on commentary. And I thought it was a really good mix, a really damn good mix of kind of everything that you want out of American wrestling. Sprinkling a little bit of Japan and a little bit of Mexico. The only thing they didn't have was anybody from, definitely from Europe to come and represent Ireland or the UK or Germany or something like that. But aside from that, I thought that was really well put together. 
Now you could say that, well, there was a bunch of matches that barely got five minutes. Um, you know, there was only one women's match on the on the card. Well, it was Ric Flair's last match. It wasn't fantasy book your your greatest show ever. So, and the Ric Flair's mas- last match went 27 minutes. I don't have a problem with any of this. So, and before in the cold open, when I say that I have a lot of questions about Ric Flair's last match, a lot of those were like production issues. A lot of those were some inconsistencies. Did they really need 17 commentators to cover one match? But you know what? And at the end of the day, none of it really matters because they got the point across that it was a celebration, A, of Ric Flair, and B, or, you know, C or D, wrestling in and of itself, which is pretty fucking magnanimous from Ric Flair, who's the ultimate egomaniac. So, and also he had hold on one second. He had he he had his speech after the end of the match, and he didn't spend an hour. So, yeah, read the reports that Flair passed out uh, during the match. Read the reports that uh, Flair didn't know where he was and whether he had a stroke, concussion, heart attack, and shit his pants in the same second. (laughs) I honestly don't care because this match wasn't super try hard. Maybe he pushed himself. He definitely pushed himself a little bit too far. Um. But I thought it was absolutely fantastic what they were able to put together. Uh, Conrad uh, Thompson, Booker of the Year, just saying. <laughs> well, well, that that covers it all. <laughs> but into, uh, the initial question was you thought about before the main event, but will for, for all intents and purposes, your overall thoughts about the entire event? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Jamal made a lot of good points there. I. I definitely heard people making a lot of issues about the undercard didn't get time. People barely got five minutes. But with that said, what was the name of the show? The show was literally called Ric Rick Flair's last match. last match. So yeah. that's going to carry the show. That's what people came there for. Some people might have came to see the Von Ericks. Some people might have came to see some of the other folks on their MLW, Impact, New Japan, whatever. But they were all very much in a supporting cast role. The show was called Ric Flair's Last Match. Now, did it need to go 27 minutes? Uh, Maybe not. Did Ric Flair come out there looking tired from the moment he came through the curtain? Yes, he did. Did he look better in training, for God's sake? Yes, he did. But I think a lot of it goes back to what Jamal was saying. I think he psyched himself up or psyched himself out of things, probably. I mean, hell, he even mentioned, like, Kid Rock visiting him in the locker room before the show and like the pressure was on and all this. So it might've very well just been a victim of being hyped up to such an extent that like once Sunday evening came around, Flair was just like, Oh my God. And the heart couldn't, you know, the heart started going pitter patter and it it was what it was, but I mean, that's what this match was always going to be. I don't think there's any scenario where this match was going to go off in a very (laughs) smooth seamless manner it is what yeah. it is i think the biggest thing we got to worry about now is since they drew six thousand people mm. you had undertaker in the front row you had bret hart in the front row <laughs> who else was down there D- diamond Nick. dallas page yeah foley yep. was there Nick foley yeah. are we suddenly gonna have conrad thompson presents ddp's <laughs> last match Undertaker. <laughs> well, it be, it'd be mark calloway's last match because it can't be undertaker yeah, so. Leisure World Championship Wrestling. I'm I'm definitely here for. Wow, it. <laughs> live <laughs> <and> <laughs> <Shady> <laughs> reference. 
I'll, I'll just quickly say that definitely hats off to everybody involved in the main event. They protected Flair in the best possible way. You had right. um, Jeff Jarrett completely getting the crowd riled up, getting all the attention on him. Uh, every you know, trick in the book. Every trick, you know, from the taunting one another, you know, uh, slowly just uh, overselling at times, which is very much on par for a Flair match, which is right down Jay Lethal's wheelhouse. Uh, every it just worked, and you had Andrade kind of there's the muscle who just made sure that like Flair knew his spots, um, kept things exciting, uh, also took attention off of Flair when it needed to be off of Flair and whatnot, you know, making sure even if he did pass out and whatnot, whatever it may have been, you know, making sure he's in the right position. So, like, I, I have no complaints about the entire card. I thought for an in, uh, independent, uh, independent production, stellar. Um, a little bit of something for everybody. And, and overall, I, my eyes was glued from match to match because you just didn't know what you were going to get next. And if you even knew the card, because I didn't know the card, but if you knew the card, I still felt like just the element of surprise because the toning of each match just felt drastically different, which is always good for, for wrestling, especially independent wrestling. And then the last thing I will add is, well, I'm very surprised nobody has mentioned that, like, come on, that's Flair. You don't think he partied the night before? He wasn't in his own head. He might have he might have still had last night's residuals on his face and he didn't know how to get it off. So it's flair, you know. You you think he's gonna have a whole weekend celebrating about him and he not gonna have fun? Really? Come on now. There's no way Flair is gonna wait till Sunday night in order to like partake in the festivities. He he probably went from I'ma have one. So they were just like, come on, dude, you can have two, three, four. And then, hell, on Monday, he was smoking the Mike Tyson weed. So, like, you know, he was doing his thing with all his celebrity friends coming down there uh, and in and, and, and celebration of him. So, like, yeah, it's no doubt. But he's still worth the match at a 70s, 80-something-year-old Ric Flair rate, which I'm not mad at at all. Now, hopefully, he feels good about how he went out because I think a lot of people in that arena and watching, I think we, we do – and I think we're pretty much at peace of Sam. Thank you. Now don't come back. <laughs> do, do cameo. You know, do 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 your little on the side of the ring do stuff. Do car whatever. shield, all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, just just don't lace up the boots no more. By the way, he didn't leave the boots in the ring. Uh, hope that wasn't telling, but who knows. I'll just add this uh, too, just real quick, because you guys hit all the points. But you, James, you said something I was going to tell about my theme for the whole weekend, including for Ric Flair's last match. To me, and I've said this before as a reference, a lot of matches during this whole weekend, especially on that card for Ric Flair's last match, shows how much, even if you're losing or scheduled to lose the match, the way you tell the story as the person that needs Mm -hmm. to help the person you're promoting over really does a lot of how you're being involved in that match to put that person over. And that was a theme in a lot of matches that we'll talk about further more in our other topics. But that was yeah. just the icing on the cake to of how a lot of matches where the person who lost actually did the storytelling to help carry the matches you wanted over for that match. I, I just be honest, I have long stopped watching wrestling in terms of who wins and who loses. Correct. I just right. don't, I really do not Long care at the point. Yep. You know, yep. yeah, hopefully so. Hopefully no one's out here tallying wins and losses. You know, certain matches and how they're booked should matter, but a lot of them don't. You know, a lot of them just says, like, like for me, Jeff Jarrett won the match when he when he entered the arena. He came out, made people wait. He did some old school, you know, messing with the audience tactics that we haven't seen in a while. And it just all worked. And I was like, okay, well there it is you know that that's he did his job right away and, and, it, and it's worked ineffectively so 
Anyway, I want to go. I want to move to the next topic. And I can I wait? Hold on. Let me just jump in on the you mentioned Jarrett. That was actually going to be my point. One of my points. Number one, I'm glad Ric Flair didn't die. Let's just get that out of the way. He didn't die. He took safe bumps for him and Mm. didn't have a heart attack, allegedly. Allegedly. Yep. Number two, Jeff Jarrett. Not for nothing. That guy is still in great shape. He yeah. still knows ring psychology. He he, re- he, he ref the match the make, night before, you know? He knows it's like how a bump to make the night. crowd hate him. Correct. So the caveat I took from Ric Flair's last match, aside from it being kind of cringy for being so long, is the fact that Jared could still... I know he works for WWE in an official's capacity, but remember when he was working GCW a little while ago about the last outlaw? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's not... He's not working in an official capacity. Double F can make some money. Still. Yeah, he's not. He's not working in an official capacity. He he did work the uh, as a ref, but like he's, I think he at any point could just be plugged in. Like, um, but isn't he behind like, the scenes? Yeah, he's managing but, their live events. He's yeah, like yes. head, of, head, head and of live I, events. And I could see him being plugged in like an MVP at any given point. There's, there's and every I, that he has a lot aware, of mileage still to get for sure, for sure. And, and I was and, impressed. And don't have to work a lot to get the crowd riled up. That's the biggest thing I take away from him. You don't need him to do much, you know? And, and what he does in his moveset is enough compared to his mm-hmm. gimmick work. So, um, But anyway, moving on to our next thing is, again, as we revisit this whole uh, <laughs> Discovery Warner Media, now Warner Brothers Discovery, I believe is the official title, which the streaming service is going to be live 2023. Um, obviously, you're probably wondering, like, why are we talking about streaming services here? on a wrestling podcast so if this is the first time you've heard this discussion and 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 i don't see how you can't consider all the things that have been involved with this we see major projects coming under the warner brother warner media discovery uh whatever the name is this whatever so combination of all those things we see major projects being canceled we're going to go now to the bottom level in terms of stuff on the cw the flash is done um i think uh, Bat girl, Bat girl, Bat Batwoman. I think was done earlier in April. Um, and what else is on the Arrowverse? So all the basically the C the CW's done. The Arrowverse shows are done. The Flash last season is coming up. Supergirl is done. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow's done. All those shows that were on the television. I think uh, Superman Lois is probably going to be done next if it hasn't already been canceled. So there's that. And 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 this is you know has been uh they, they they spoke about this in april when they announced that they were exploring an overhaul of dc entertainment and i was very vocal saying hey if their cash cow is now under the microscope in terms of things that are going to get canceled or things that doesn't fit their identity nothing else matters right now this is what brings them the money you know the the dc comics the 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 uh the, the whole dc extended universe branch of Warner Brothers. This is one of their cash cows. Yeah, they got other things, Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, all that other stuff. But this is one of their cash cows. And when they come in with this merger and the first thing they say is, hey, we need to reevaluate all these titles and big things are already getting canceled. There was a conversation where they were like, oh, you heard Tony Khan, owner of AEW, had a meeting with Warner Media Discovery in LA. Streaming service is coming, and nothing came about it because we know Tony Khan will talk. If they had promised him a streaming, uh, some type of streaming service or some type of branch in HBO Max at the time, 
it would have been announced. And I already said, like, listen, it's not happening. If they're not doing if, if they're already got this overhaul of DC entertainment going on, nothing wrestling is on their or is on their, their plan. And 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 if they actually did really, really care about AEW, then I feel like that this whole thing from moving from TNT to TBS, which I feel is a demotion, but you know, whatever. Um, that probably wouldn't have been a thing as well, too. Moving forward, today and yesterday, big news come out that now other big titles under the DC Entertainment branch has gotten the axe. This comes of Batgirl, which they spent a lot of money. And they said, this thing ain't coming out on streaming. This thing ain't coming out dead. in theaters. It is dead. <laughs> and it's completely heartbreaking to everybody involved. And there's apparently more things to come. Um, there's been rumors so far about Doom Patrol, the Harley Quinn animated show, which is really good. Um, and uh, what, what else? Oh, and, 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 and Titans. So at this point now, <laughs> any and everything can get it. And as I said, the CW branch of shows are done. Um, and it makes me feel like everything else um, that's in that realm, probably like Stargirl and all the other things are also done. So now coming back to the forefront of the question here. Everybody feels like, okay, what does this mean for AEW? So I bring the question to you all once again. With all the new news that have came out about the merger, uh, where do you feel the state of AEW um, is next? Now, Jamal, I'm going to come to you last because I listened back to our episode where we talked about this. And you talked about what AEW would need in this scenario. You know, how did they kind of insert their relevance to the brand to the merger which i thought was some really good interesting um um uh, notations that you made about that um that i kind of want to bring up again so i want i want to start with damien because i know you did not hear about the news but now that you kind of are acclimated with with like the surroundings that things are gone kind of want to get your idea in terms of where do you feel AEW goes next and where do they exist in all of this well you started off by saying you know they got a demotion from tnt to tbs Right. So there was talk long ago about us. We were talking about potentially them streaming on HBO Max, potentially like having some library stuff there. Uh, that's all dead in the water now, uh, or at least on hiatus hold. And I think Tony Khan's got to be a little bit nervous because if the executives at Warner Media say they're not all wrestling fans, obviously. So they might look at it and say, bottom line, are you making us enough money to even be on our networks? And if they're not going to have other streaming aspects, if they're not going to be able to be in a prime time spot on a prime, I guess, channel, like to remember TBS Superstation back in the day. <laughs> so what's, what are they going to do? That's the, that's the first question. Tony Khan, like I said, he is probably coked out of his mind. Don't come for me. Don't come for me, Tony. But <laughs> allegedly, I would <laughs> allegedly. But I, oh man, that's got that. That has me so nervous. Looking at when are my contracts done? Who else can I go to to potentially, like after that contract's over, who can I jump to? Like remember when WWE jumped from USA to was it TNN? Yeah. And yes. Back? Yes. Similar situation. I honestly think right now, if you see everybody getting the axe, like you said, shows that are, are really good, like Harley Quinn, some not so much like Doom Patrol, that's my opinion, all getting tick, 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 tick. wrestling, that's a no-brainer if somebody wants to axe that. They're not WWE. They're not a corporate conglomerate. They're literally an indie show with more money. That's it. 
So if their rating, especially Rampage, keep plummeting the way they are, it's only a matter of time before they're looking to see where else they can go to actually survive. Will. Ooh, it's he's definitely got to be nervous because ain't none of this moves in the last two days favorable if you're AEW. None of this news is anything to get excited about. If you hear a feature film that was straight up filmed, made, millions invested into it, was ready to go, and they're like, nah, screw that, it's dead. Big names names attached to it, too. Michael Keaton as Batman is in the film. (laughs) Straight up, we're we're writing it off as a loss, and we're not going to give it the light of day. I mean, that tells you a lot right there. So that ain't news you want to hear if something that high profile is getting killed. So in the greater landscape of things, you know, we've talked about this before. TNT, TBS, they got, they got the NBA. They picked up the NHL. They still got Major League Baseball in there. Essentially, they got their, 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 their toe in everything except the NFL as far as sports goes. So much higher profile properties than, than AEW. So where they all stand is a good question, too. But those contracts are much more locked in hell. The NHL contract just happened, what, in the last year? Mm-hmm. So those are much more, you know, ongoing contracts that are going along as it is. I think the biggest thing they got to be worried about this week is this was the week where things really felt like it went from what's Warner Media going to do to what is Discovery going to do? Because now <laughs> it's not like Discovery is running this damn show. And Warner Media don't got to say anymore. Discovery seems to be steering the ship as far yeah. as what is going to stay, what they are going to invest money in, and who's going to get a you know a spot at the table is what it really yeah. comes down to. Um, so I think the timing ends up that AEW is probably looking at like this fall and winter is where they need to make that impression. To either you know, are they going to be able to keep the deal they have? Are they going to be able to get a better deal? Or is Discovery going to be kind of like, you know what? Uh, we just, we ain't interested. I, I I think any of those three things is possible right now. Because who knows? Maybe they double down on, okay, no, we're interested in you guys. as like, you know, live, live sports along with, you know, the other properties we have. And we're, we're not going to have, we're not, maybe, maybe their big thing is, hey, we're going to get rid of the scripted programming. And that's where they're going to make the big cut. And they're thinking, you know, Discovery is all about reality TV and then, Live sports, maybe. Maybe that's their thinking, and AEW will end up in a good position. I think the big concern right now has to be is, though, that until you have that deal, nothing is safe right now by Mm. any means. And anything they've been told, I wouldn't be buying any of it. Until you have something in writing, until you have some assurances, I think they have every reason to be very concerned right now about where their future is there. That's where I'll leave it at. Listen, listen, time flies, but 2023 feels like a very, very long time for them. If they're not on their, uh, if, if they're not part of their infrastructure plan in terms of how they're going to ingest mm-hmm. AEW content into that library, I don't know. And I also don't feel like Warner Media Discovery has any, I, I don't think they have any investment in live sports. I think that's Paramount Plus, and I think that's Peacock in terms of the premier spots for live sports. So, you know, I don't think it fits their identity. And I, yeah, sure, you got a hell of a library with AEW, with ROH and whatnot, but I just don't think that's what they truly want to invest in going forward. Again, Discovery, I think their thing is reality TV, the paranormal branch, the um, 
the uh what, what do you call it the uh, uh investigative discovery stuff um you know and, and and then these shows that they have that are you know uh, uh attached to big names that you know really start to ramp up around award season and, and the ones that they 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 want the notoriety of saying we have this big show we 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 have this award winning show with this bis- with these uh big cast members attached to it and whatnot i think that's how they're playing the game i, I if anything i want to say that warner discovery whatever is trying to play um, the big brother to like Apple TV plus in terms of just having good damn television series. And it's a hell of a library of everything else they have all attached around with it, along with live television shows of the networks that they have under their umbrella. Uh, so I just want to get in here. Yeah. Just, and you, you hit the, the what I was about to say. Um, I think if Tony Khan is want to be, you know, smart right now and you see where things are going with Warner and discovery, you might want to take your venue of wrestling to create it as a sport and move to a different, if you can, to wing it away to go to a platform that's producing more live sports and try to kind of follow what that football aspect is going to. I know you're not football, but when you look at Apple TV Plus and when you look at Amazon Prime, you may be able to change something, not only what you could do as being on their platforms, but maybe a pay-per-platform, kind of what we did with pay-per-view back in the day where you have some content, but let's say if you want to pay $5 so you can see this special event or you pay $5 where you can keep this series of, of ROH or, or past storylines or whatever you want to do that's connected with AEW that may be able to benefit more money if you try to play it right. Now, you, like you said, 2023 is a big year. I think it's also a crucial time where if you take that time to maneuver and see if you need to change a platform now, you try to do it now to come along with a big giant that can keep you relevant because people are going to pay more for those streaming services if uh, Apple TV gets the NFL uh, Sunday ticket or if Amazon Prime builds more on their live sports, that something can happen. And it's changing. Just try to see if you can get ahead of the curve. I mean, when we think about it back when the WWE Network first started, that was the first of its curve before we saw it coming or what it would be before it then moved to Peacock. So AEW might want to take a risk if you think you can do it. All right, all right Jamal, take us home on this topic. Let me um, ask you just a reminder of what I said whenever I said it and how I said it. <laughs> well, you were talking about uh, when you were talking about with the merger happening, because the question was very similarly stated in terms of what happens to AEW. And you looked at it from a scope of saying, well, this is what they should do. You know, being able to be intertwined in these other uh, brands that's under the umbrella, you know, uh, and, and 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 much like how AEW kind of came about in the first place, where you have these cross promotion t- sort of things, where you have like you know just another show making an appearance on AEW and AEW talent on their show and stuff like that. You know, you don't you you don't necessarily create a streaming service or a branch in under the HBO Max, but you do want to have your uh, your talent involved in these other series, these other shows, and then you want to have those shows have a presence on on your on your show, um, so that you create more of the relevancy to AEW, and then you think for in a couple of years in terms of like now, what does it mean for us to have an actual show or unique content to the HBO Max brand? Right. So take that, put it in a blender, and throw all that shit out the window, because <laughs> you have the difference is three billion dollars. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. That's the that's what they're trying to the deficit that they're trying to erase. That's how much they're behind. Mm-hmm. It's three billion dollars. 
So yeah. a ninety million dollar movie to make Bad Girl, fuck it, get that <laughs> yeah. shit. Um, I don't care who you got. You, you, Santa Claus is playing the Penguin. I don't care. We three billion dollars in the hole. Yeah. So, fine. Like let, let's put that aside for a second. You have Discovery Plus at a cost. You have HBO Go if that's still a thing. No, nah. that all become HBO know. Max. It's all yeah, Max. Same, HBO yeah, Max. Yeah. Okay, good. So, so basically, this is the same deal. HBO Go is redundant, so they merged into HBO Max. Okay, cool. Well, Discovery Plus and HBO Max is a thing. Don't make people choose. Merge it again. That yeah. should always that should always be one thing. Yeah. Um, and Warner Brothers has a metric fuck ton of history. They they have a hundred years of history on television and movies. Um, you know, not just from the Looney Tunes stuff or the old Superman serials from the 40s, but they have a shit ton of, of TV shows and movies and stuff like that that you would want to catch up on that they have the exclusive rights to. Also, whatever they have exclusive properties to around the world, you know, that is a thing too. So if you if they combine the forces of HBO Max and Discovery Plus, that'd be about a hundred million people in the US. Okay, cool. Now they work on a distribution deal around the world. Get more people subscribe. Maybe pay. Maybe make them pay a little bit more. I don't know how much either are, but add five dollars to it because you're definitely getting more than what you were paying for before. Thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 then you know you you profit that way. They want to be a lot more strategic about video games, theme parks, you know, all this extra stuff that that is a little bit less than their return of investment. But as far as AEW specific. Their return on investment is very high. They have a distribution deal, not a production deal. Warner Brothers doesn't spend money to book the arena, produce the show, build the set, set up the ring. That's all in-house. So whether AEW does it on YouTube or whether they do it on TNT doesn't cost Khan any more money. Um, He gets a check for the distribution rights to the show for TV. And then they put all that they put that money into what the show's going to look like. So, cool. I, I, I don't see a, a... Wrestling is a reality TV show. I consider it an office drama where the payoffs are in the ring. That's all, And reality TV are very, very low risk, you know, high reward, high return on investment, low production value. People watch. People don't watch Big Brother because it's this high... Uh, your value spectacle of shows. They watch it because the dynamic is very simple. Good-looking people doing stupid shit on TV is entertaining to people that like watching people because they're shallow and they like to judge other people secretly while they're sipping their Starbucks on their couch. But the bottom line is, is that it's a reality TV show. Now, does AEW make money for live events? Will they make money from the video games? Eh, sure, to some degree. But as far as this boogeyman that is the Warner Brothers uh, Discovery is merger. I don't think it's that. I'm not going to say that it's as grim as the headlines make you see. Make it seem. The last few days for AEW. Boo! Scary. Stop it. Even if AEW were to go into a TNA model where they did, or uh, we're just going to do pay per views every five weeks. Catch you up on YouTube. Well, which is it? Is television dead and streaming taking over? Well, if so, when? If if not now, then you know why not now? So AEW definitely has enough of a fan base that some of them will go wherever. 
but the fact that they are essentially a shoe-in to give them nearly a million people on a given Wednesday for 50 weeks a year. The NBA, the live sports take off. And even if they don't take off, it may be a bad matchup because the Spurs and the Warriors, somebody's getting blown out. They took off the second half. But you're guaranteeing a million people, that's much more valuable to advertisers than that, that, that that's worth their weight in gold. So for all of the things that people say about Raw, specifically Raw, and how bad it was in the content, how come nobody else is bringing up the fact that the ratings are the lowest? I mean, we're talking like historically low ratings for Raw, right? Within the last six months. But nobody seems to be concerned about them moving from USA. Because even though Raw has re- are seeing 20-year low ratings, they're still bringing in 2 million people to USA. There isn't a single show in the next five years that's going to give you 2 million people on USA Network. Right. I don't know what they're going to Maybe the Olympics. But there isn't a single show that's going to do that. And TNT has the same thing. They uh, Unless they bring back, not Suits, but uh, Rizzoli and Isles or whatever the hell TNT hmm. show. There oh, isn't God. a single Rizzoli show. <laughs> right. well, that's the only one I can think of on TNT. But they're, they're not, there isn't a single show in the future of TNT, that's going to bring you a million people on a given night. Because if it was, we would have heard about it by now. So I'm not particularly concerned about what the um, 2023, 2024 um, television talk looks like. Um, I think, if anything, AEW still holds a lot of leverage because of how many people watch. Now, they could say, well, what about Rampage? Even at 350,000 people, or whatever it was that watched for that one Friday, its lowest rating ever. It was still, for whatever reason, the best thing on TNT that day. Full stop. It crushed it. At 350, at its lowest rating, it's still better than the best thing they had on TNT that day. So I think it's going to get a lot more interesting um, as other things develop. Uh, I think Warner Brothers definitely has an interest in AEW as we're seeing uh, how the shows are being booked. I refuse to believe that that the network doesn't have some input into what the show looks like compared sure. to what it, compared to what it, it started out uh, three years ago. For sure. So, and the reason why they do and they should is because they're invested. And, so, and commercials have to be ran. <laughs> well, no, so. well, that's true too. I mean, yeah, like they, but no, but it's saying like even if the commercials are paid and set, uh, yeah. just press the button. But they, they are in, actually invested in the product because they want it to reflect the company. Um, yeah. They want there's a line wherever that line is. They want to make sure they don't go over it. And we've seen what happened. What happens when this is not Destination America uh, or Access TV? or some far-flung uh, show that some wrestling thing is on. Ronald Brothers is invested. They will remain invested because it's a low-risk, high-reward um, entity in AEW that's still growing. Now, I say all of that to say, AEW and Paramount Plus 2024, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> that's just it, Big Gold Belt Media is your golden standard for all of your media needs. Visit BigGoldBelt.com for pro wrestling info, movies, comics, and even more digital content. On all of your social medias, follow us at BigGoldBelt all across the board. Listen to this show and more on your SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts.
I, you know, I think it is going to be interesting to see who else get becomes a player in the game if AEW uh, becomes just a open, available commodity looking for a new home. Who would step up? And I know there has to be a lot of interest from folks. But I can tell you one folks that won't be the whole Peacock brand, NBC Universal, because they are a partner with yeah. WWE, and they're definitely not allowing that. So, ha! They're, they're definitely not on the table. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, folks, uh, welcome back to the second half of the Big Oba Wrestling Podcast. It is time for Jamal to talk once again, because it's time to get to our indie spotlight. Yep. So this week, uh, you have EPW down there in Raleigh, North Carolina. They're at the uh, NC State Fairgrounds, the James Hosehauer Building in Raleigh, North Carolina. It's a big match, uh, big show. Uh, Mizuki, one of my favorite wrestlers from Tokyo Joshi Pro versus Emery Sakura, who's trained basically half of Japan. Um, that's a hell of a match. I'm actually quite upset that I'm not gonna be in Raleigh for that. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you have Andrew Everett in the main event versus Konosuke Takeshita, who's having a hell of a run this year. Rachel <laughs> Rose literally versus, everywhere. <laughs> he's everywhere. He, he just, that man, that's the forbidden door for real because he's just for real, for taking real. the hinges off. Um, Rosemary versus Rachel Rose, uh, Bojack versus Donnie Ray. Um, Dante Martin is still advertised as being on the show, but I thought he injured himself. So it'd be interesting to see if he actually makes it down there. Uh, very exciting time. If you need tickets, uh, go get them. Uh, 20 and $30 front row is 50 bucks, but it's sold out. Uh, and you can go get that at Eventbrite. Uh, just search DPW or uh, Deadlock Pro on the Twitter machine. Uh, at Deadlock Pro, and that's the indie spotlight for this week. Right on, then right back at you. What news we got for going on in the world of wrestling this week? Uh, yeah, so uh, the big thing that happened this week is um, a press release came out yesterday saying that uh, there has been an expansion of talent relations and the development team. So uh, basically, the press release says that Sanjay Dutt, uh, QT Marshall, Pat Buck, and, and Tony Schiavone are going to be vice presidents or special advisors to this new uh, production and creative team. Okay, cool. I think this is a direct result of a lot of the criticism that AEW has been receiving recently about talent not being able to communicate with people efficiently. Um, and because a lot of these people have the same jobs, it's just that they're given a, an office with a, uh, a business card that says it now. <laughs> um, I hope they officially got a raise. But the bottom line is, is that QT, for example, is the vice president of show and creative coordination. He's going to be, you know, storyline development, character development, overseeing extras and talent uh, live event logistics coordination. Well, that's what he was doing before. Um, extras reported to him. Uh, they would work programs. He would bring them in for dark. Him and his people like Sean Dean and Dean Alexander. Same job. Now he has a title. So pay that man his money. Uh, I think the interesting thing about the... Um, about the press release was that Madison Rain, they just kind of said that she's coming in. They never really described what her duties would be as a coach. Uh, in what aspect would she? She's a coach of the women's division. Well, what does that mean? Um, does she work on just their technique and wrestling? Is she hosting a promo class? Um, you know, like what? Uh, does she produce segments as well? Um, they didn't really expand on that. They just said that she's a mom. Cool. And that she's been in the in the business for more than fifteen years, um, including the five time world champion. Well, well good on her. Yeah, it's, it's a couple of things to add to to kind of like frame with this. One, she's leaving Impact as an active wrestler, 
to move into a coaching position for AEW. Um, her husband or her partner um, and Josh Matthews is still with Impact. Mm-hmm. Um, for whatever reason, AEW now no longer acknowledges Impact. <laughs> so bad business there for whatever reason, but they definitely don't name drop them. So the door closed. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and I think the other thing is, I, by all means, don't don't take this the wrong way. I do not. It's not that I don't think she's qualified, but in my top ten people list of whoever would have took this position or who this position was available for, mm-hmm. this is a this is a surprise. I mean, you you already had Maria Canellis sitting right there, right there. You know, for the ROH thing, you had her right there. Um, you have other folks in, in, in already in locker room, somebody such as Mercedes Martinez, who you could imagine at some point is getting ready to probably hang it up. I still think Lufisto is somebody that needs to be on somebody's roster right now doing something. So, like, it was just a really, really... When I, I looked at the press release and saw her name, and I was like, holy hell. Like, I think she's a fantastic person in, 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 uh, in ring and what she does outside of the ring for what I know, uh, what she's done for uh, Impact. But I just, just did not see that coming, and I don't know what to make of it. It's just such a such a shocker that that's what that's what happened here. And again, for whatever reason, they just would not acknowledge Impact Wrestling. And has she only wrestled Impact on TV? As far as I know, as far as yeah, I know, I mean, too, she's yeah, never same. been to WWE, no. not at all. So, like, even in the wording here, kind of really just kind of like, hmm. So. I don't know, but 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 congratulations. We'll see. We'll see how that changes things. Hopefully, now okay, we so, get more time on, our, on on the show. But no. So one one quick uh, uh, thing is um, there is a rumor going around that Blake Christian has been signed to uh, Ring of Honor. Uh, you know, for what it's worth, it's still a rumor. So if that is true, good good on him. Um, and the last thing, as we move on quickly, uh, Peyton Royce <laughs> and uh, Sean Spears have announced that they're expecting. So uh, congratulations. Good for them on yeah. them for bringing more Canadians and Aussies into the world. That's the news for this week. Nice. <laughs> hey, uh, really quickly, to kind of go back really fast on the on the Flair uh, last match, did you all feel like there was a little bit of like miss, I'm not going to say miss opportunity, but there was definitely a little bit of awkwardness amongst the commentary when certain questions was asked or certain uh, certain like uh, spotlights of wrestlers, like when they were like, for instance, when Jonathan Gresham came out and they were kind of like, "Yeah, his future is unknown." And next, and like they were just completely <laughs> avoiding certain things. Like there was a bunch of awkwardness that just felt like AEW is trying to detach itself from branding on there predominantly. Well, AEW like, had nothing to do with the show, which was surprising. They, they were surprising their in their absence. They had. Who worked the somebody from AEW? AEW talent worked the show. Yeah, Tony Schiavone worked the show, but they worked it under different brands. There wasn't an a, an official AEW uh, person representing the company there. Tony Schiavone had on the jacket that said Jim Proctor Promotions. Uh, Phoenix yeah. was there on behalf of AAA. Um, yeah. Andrade was there on behalf of Ric Flair, um, yeah. and so was Lethal. Um, right, right, right. And, and so on and so forth. There was not an AEW match. There was a New Japan match. There was right. a AAA match. There was an Impact match. There was an Impact Championship match. Yeah, uh, right, But there was right, not right. an AEW match um, there. Right. And I think uh, one of the referees were there, too. I want to say Mike Bosey. 
Um, uh, thank, thank you, Tony Khan, for letting Flair's last match go down. You know, you gotta thank him for these things. He don't for him getting his talent there. Um, let's go. What I believe is our no, we have two more topics. So let's go to the quick, fast one, really quick. The AEW video game. We got a release date. We got some gameplay. Twenty twenty three. You know what? No, 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 no. We 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 have one of those broad like. If anybody remember when Kingdom, uh, you played Kingdom Hearts three, uh, when Kingdom Hearts was just like December and whatever that year was, and we got one of those broad dates of them saying like it's going to come out, but it's going to probably eventually get pushed back a, a multiple times. But whatever, it's it's coming. It's 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 very evidently happening. You can pre-order now on Amazon. I believe the Amazon release date is like I think it says like December thirty first, twenty twenty two. I think it is, which obviously would just keep getting pushed back. But yeah, the AW video game. We saw some things. We know some more stuff. I just want to quickly get everybody's assessment of the of this. Are you excited? Are you getting at it? You want to see more, or you're just completely like no still? Damien, you first. Okay, so as many of you know, I'm a retro gamer, and seeing the graphics and all that was retro. all fine and dandy. Yeah. But what got me is the same thing that got Will on social media where it's like, wait a minute, nobody told me it was going to be like Mario Party for the mini game because the goofy shit is what wrestling's all about sometimes. And that is some goofy ass shit to have Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks in a Mario Party-esque, you know, situation. Do I care about the game mechanics? No. Am I going to buy this game? No. But at the same token, hey, diehard AEW fans, WWE's been having games since I was a little kid. WCW had games since I was a little kid. Enjoy your game. Enjoy your time. Hope wrestlers get residuals from this game. Enjoy it. I will follow that up really quickly talking about the mini games in that the mini games got me excited because that looks to me like there's going to be some fun involved, that they're not taking things too seriously because I think that the biggest mistake they could make with this game is trying to like go too far in the direction of what the WWE games are. And they've made a point of saying they're trying to make this more like an arcade game, more like a throwback, like No Mercy and stuff, like back in the N64 era. So hype up the fun, hype up, you know, more of a lighthearted feel to it. And I think that's the right road to take. So I'm very curious about those mini games because of that. All right, Jamal, get in here. Um, yeah, so here's why I don't care. Uh, QT Marshall is not uh, listed as somebody in the game. So, I mean, this is, this is quite simple. Um, as much as I would love it to be in 8K, 120 frames, um, as much as I would love to have all the haptic feedback and everything that I bought a PS5 for, if QT ain't in the game, then, I, you know, I'm saving my $70. So um, That's what that's I'll shift to, make it $20. Go back to, like, the 2K games when it was 2005 and make it $20. And see if you can get a lot of massive sales on that one. For forty dollars for like next gen, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, think I think, yeah. but I think forty to forty five would make more yeah. sense. But I ain't paid a damn dime until I see QT on on the roster. <laughs> Not a THQ. Maybe, get it done. Maybe Jamal, he's an unlockable as well as a sex dungeon. So maybe we can get that in some facet. Now, to be fair, if they allow me to create an arena. I'm definitely recreating to a QT Marshall sex dungeon in Atlanta. <laughs> but I will not be buying the game until I confirm that he's there. 
So <laughs> uh, I'm not buying the game. It looks fun. I like the mini games. Uh, the the home run derby or thing kind of looks like uh, the uh, bonus game from what was it? Triple play. EA Sports Triple Play. Uh, before yes. that, somehow went away. But their home run derby is like one of the Yeah, before yeah. That was after it, but yeah, Triple Play was like one of the first baseball games. Uh, yeah. Triple Play ninety eight is one of the best play, uh, baseball games of all time. <laughs> agreed, opinion. agreed, young man, agreed. Ninety eight was a hell of a year for uh, sports. Yeah, sure Game was. Day ninety eight, Triple Play. I think it even Knockout, uh, Knockout. Yeah, you did have Knockout Kings then as knockout well. Kings. So, yep, time. What a time to be alive. But um, all I care about for this game, will we get Starman, the Amazon? Giant Panther from pro wrestling back T- in the day. If we can is THQ guys, can THQ yeah. man get, a, get get some get some love in this? Get some probably love, not. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll see. Um, but yeah, it, it looks exciting. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, as more and more information comes out about it, I'm not overly like wild about it. But also, I still only play like only one or two games like all the time now. So we'll see. Last also, top- graphically, can we not have everybody look like Chris Redfield back in Resident Evil 5 and 6? <laughs> or everyone's all jacked and swole, even like Marco Stun if he's in the game, or like Fuego Definitely not Nassau, a game. If Fuego <laughs> put on like 40 pounds for the game, like, come on, man. Come on. Oh, boy. I don't understand how Marco Stunt's in the game and QT isn't. I'm just saying. Is Marco Stunt really in the game? I believe so. Oh, boy. Oh boy, that's that's the thing. It's gonna be pretty damn damn. I mean, hell, Cody's gonna be in the game. I'm sure. Well, they, Cody, they made Cody versus the DLC. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, if they do season pass, like, and to be fair, I haven't looked at any of the um, uh, I haven't looked at any of the um, uh, footage because it's all pre-rendered stuff. True. Um, so I really don't care about that that stuff that they put up there. The long and short of it is, is that I need to see live gameplay uh, before I even consider it for real. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, um, but we'll see. And um, if, if if the opportunity presents, then uh, we will have some um, definitely a review of it. And I guess that also means that we will have to stream some gameplay of it ourselves. So we'll see what happens. We're kind of working on that. That would be exciting. So last topic of the night, though, is the Triple H era of WWE. This is a very short and sweet question, but I'm going to give everybody as much time as they need to elaborate on their reaction. Triple H in. Um, Vince out. We've now had SummerSlam. We've now had a Raw. Uh, SmackDown is tomorrow. What are we feeling about the product? How are we feeling about WWE now? You know, the book of Vince's clothes. The new chapter of Triple H has begun. Starting with you, Sir William, what are you thinking uh, about WWE as a brand currently this moment? Who I will use two words, cautiously optimistic. Mm. SummerSlam was good fun. I thought it was a good show overall. Raw was even more interesting from a Triple H perspective because like Jamal mentioned last week, one of the big things he mentioned was repurposing how those three hours were spent on raw and we definitely this monday had more wrestling hell we had a commercial free first hour because usa was so uh into the idea of things being different so i don't expect that to stick around but there was definitely a more wrestling centric show hell the show came on it had like a plan for the whole night with like we're gonna have two triple threats and the winners are gonna wrestle each other for a u.s title shot next week and it seemed like a very well thought out show that had a plan 
from beginning to end. And it's feel that felt like there was a direction. And that's something that's been missing at times. It's just just a direction for where things are headed. And now that we're past SummerSlam, you know, we're kind of in a season now where it's like, okay, we have the Clash at the Castle show coming up with Drew and Roman. But other than that, there's a lot of, you know, space to work with. Hell, and, and let's talk about the women. The women were a huge part of Monday night. Bailey and Dakota and uh EO Sky now. They had a hell of a presence on that show. So the women got a ton of time. So there were definitely things that felt different on Raw. Was it night and day different? No. But there were differences. I'm very curious to see what happens on SmackDown. And I think as we said last week, when we really broke it down. I'm not expecting huge changes right away. But some gradual, noticeable ones, I think we already started seeing some Monday. So cautiously optimistic. That's where I'm at. Right on. Who's in there next? I'll go next. Um, I want to piggyback on what I was talking about earlier about the storyline within wrestling, especially those that lose. Um, we saw very good matches, not only on uh, the, the special events, but we saw it on Raw 2 where storylines through wrestling make sense and you add on to it. And I'm going to give you two perfect examples. Uh, Ch- Champa and uh, AJ Styles had that little mini segment at SummerSlam that was part of that match between The Miz and Logan Paul which led to the triple threat match of those courses of them coming together, which may start a rivalry if Champa can win that belt against Bobby Lashley next week to continue to build on something that planted a seed that led to long-term goals. Even you got a chance to see Montez uh, go against one-on-one match against um, uh, Seth, Seth Rollins, Rollins, where you saw Montez Ford get a chance to really spotlight where he can be as a singles wrestler that may tease a longer chance of him performing as a singles wrestler without necessarily breaking up a tag team, which is always so we, cliche. We've been um, getting that though. There, that's that's but, nothing new. That's been but, there for a while. But in we, a sense, it, it's been there and it stops. But it's like now, I think this time you can continue to grow. Like we saw him against Roman, right? It was a couple of months ago, but it just stopped. It didn't well, really get a chance for him to build up on that. I think he's a tag team wrestler, but like I think we're getting glimpses of singles run material, and I think that's how you keep him creatively happy. I don't. I, I think he absolutely knows he's single talent, but that's his brother. Like they not just on screen friends. Like they stay with each other all the time. All the time. Like yeah, don't 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 get it twisted. Who's filming those Bianca and and um and and uh Montez videos and whatnot? It's my man. He'd be right there. So like. <laughs> You know they they're there, and I think like think about that now. You're just like, hey, you know, I I I, I do got an opportunity, but I also want to kind of still make sure my man is good. You know what I mean? Don't this 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 uh abandon him, and and then he just left in the shadows. We we've seen that happen before, and that's not always a good thing. That that secondary person is nowhere to be found after a while, and then that's not kind of how you want to do him. You know, Absolutely. especially because he's a black wrestler. Because if he doesn't have an opportunity. He's nowhere to be found. <laughs> it ain't going to be like, well, they, they broke him up and he's going to the top and he'll probably just be right behind him. It's going, well, scraps. Nothing Absolutely. for Absolutely. And, and, and just to add to that, even the Miz, you know, somebody that is jittified, uh, what, a Grand Slam champion, things of that nature, really carrying on a match where he's telling a story to make somebody else look good. And those were the type of wrestling that you saw on Raw, on pay-per-views during the time in that Attitude Era where – even though people lost, they still showed they could carry yourself to tell a story within the ring. And just that critique of wrestling where you're seeing the story of it and not necessarily the wins and the losses, 
that is showing more and hopefully that develop makes me like will cautiously optimistic that is going in the right direction about more wrestling being the focus of what Raw and SmackDown is, where the storylines go in the wrestling and not just the backstage segments. All right, so I, I'm quickly getting in here and saying Vince's be, Vince being removed, I guess, is, has breathed a uh, 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 a sign of fresh air into the company. Mm-hmm. You have folks returning, resigning, um, which is a good thing. And even that there's rumors that others may return, whether it's true or not, still a good thing because the rumor not too long ago was more people to leave and when was the next uh, uh, spring cleaning coming? You know, that whole nature. And then, yeah, I get it. Uh, Nick Khan is still there and whatnot. But it just feels like the morale overall backstage has has changed. And I think that's going to obviously make for better television uh, for us. Uh, but but I, I, I do think that Triple H uh, presence in front of uh, the media is a good thing. Uh, talking about his plan, the identity of WWE going forward, um, and then noticeable changes. You know, you have the folks coming back. You have people coming back, but instantly being involved and in, and in, and in, in with Bailey being who she is and, and and having EO Sky and Dakota Kai there and they're being a staple on the show, not just coming back and then stare down and then never amounts to anything having them having two to three segments that just all make sense and getting others involved and 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 they're just coming together i mean to me i i hate to say it if somebody hasn't already said it online i'm pretty sure they have but this does kind of feel like the nxt black and gold of what i used to love my only issue now is what does that mean for nst 2.0 because if that's the case then the continuity is broke again right who would have ever who would have ever thought that NXT not being a direct pipeline into the main roster because the continuity was different. The Tony was different. Now you got NXT 2.0 and the, and the identity of Vince McMahon's main roster. What does that mean for now them fitting into the Triple H brand of the main roster and, and the identity of things? So, like, I am also, as Will said, very consciously optimistic but for right now it feels good like this this is some of the fun some of, this is some of the most fun wrestling i watched over the uh the the week of the week span and uh we'll see what smackdown has to offer for tomorrow so we'll see um i think Daniel. that's for me that's the telltale i want to see how smackdown is if it's not just roman centric because the mid card could use a little bit of help so i'm curious to see if there's going to be surprise people showing up uh, in the mid card, because Clash of the Castle, you know, everyone's and their mama is saying that Drew's going to beat Roman. I don't really care. All I'm curious in seeing is SmackDown was notorious since Sasha and Naomi left for not really using the women, especially when since they've been gone. Three minute matches, you know, kind of harkening back to the Diva era. We talked about that in previous shows. So since Hunter or Paul, whatever is trying to get his spin on the main roster while still sticking true to what makes money there would there should have there's probably a reason why he brought up eo and brought up dakota and, and re-signed dakota i'm surprised nobody said she didn't even work here on commentary kind of thing but they definitely they definitely why. they definitely reinstated the fact that she's back multiple times <laughs> Like she don't even work here. Like Bianca yeah. say, you don't even go here anymore. But the <laughs> fact that there is a renewed push in women's wrestling because that was 
Uncle Hunter's baby, you know, was the four horsewomen of NXT and then expanding on that, on that universe. But to your point, two champs, I'm really curious about how you're going to blend 2.0 with the new main roster. And I think the proper balance, because you know, I'm not a big time 2.0 fan. I like that they're still getting athletes who can learn wrestling or professional wrestling and sports entertainment to make the company money. Because let's be honest, we can, we can be as fans as, oh, I want to see this match. I want to see this match. Does it draw? Will it make money? Will it put butts in seats? So I think if they still keep bringing in blue chip athletes who are interested in professional wrestling. Who are not getting in trouble. can still be successful. Yeah, who not getting in trouble. Don't don't forget about that 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 last signee uh just uh got into a little yeah. who yeah. yeah that guy yeah um, well you know we'll, we'll we'll pretend for now he doesn't exist yeah. but I'm curious to see just what they do with Roman I love Sami Zayn I hope they don't really touch Sami Zayn's character on SmackDown I miss main event Jey Uso I'm probably one of the five people that still misses <laughs> that I like seeing Jey Uso in the main event. So I'm just curious to see what they do. And if it opens the door for Sasha and Naomi to come back, more power to them. But so uh, far, so good. Yeah, I'm going to talk about Sasha and Naomi after one second after Jamal uh, lets us know if he's even interested in returning back on WWE. Brace yourself, folks. <laughs> it's already a storm outside, but we might have one on the show right now. Uh, yeah, long and short of it is, is that I had no interest in watching SummerSlam. Um, I was watching the roast of Ric Flair instead. Um, I don't really see – I haven't heard enough from people that makes me interested in, in what it, they're doing. And it's not that I can't uh, be interested, but I, I never liked the WWE style. And so it's just period. I was never into WWE, can't really get into that style. Um, what it isn't really for me. So I'm not going to say that like, uh-oh, well, they're, they'll suck and they're still bad. Well, no, no, no. That, they can be good. But I just know that that style isn't for me. So unless something really, really happens and they really radically change their approach to something that I specifically want to see from wrestling, uh, no, I'm, I'm good. I mean, I didn't really watch before. Uh, it's interesting. You know, I'm keeping tabs on it, but I don't really care. Now, when Nikita Lyons comes back, <laughs> Let me know. No, I'm interested. <laughs> I mean, I need to. I need to know when she's back. But, but realistically, um, they don't. They just don't do it for me in general. So uh, maybe a pay per view. Uh, maybe I might watch the um, the Welsh thing because it comes on at three o'clock. But otherwise, it's just not the style of wrestling that I'm looking for. Um, if you're still McDonald's and you still sell McDonald's things, it doesn't matter because I want Wendy's. Yeah, and that's kind of well, what WWE is. So you know, good on good on y'all if, if you are guys are seeing a better product. Um, it's just that you know uh, that's why I don't care. See, somebody tweeted that AEW Fight Forever is already the number one selling game on Amazon. So oh, <laughs> because Shh. yeah, because nothing's out. <laughs> Fucking a minion game can come out tomorrow, and that was just quickly this blood war. It's like they love camping on notoriety of that, but um. The last thing I'll say in terms of Naomi and uh, Sasha Banks is this week in the C2E2, which both of them are guests there. Oh, yeah. As of right now, they're still, they are still um, uh, listed as to show. 
as for signing, um, there is a when I'm hearing rumor, a tentative potential panel for them. Um, t- and and I, I don't believe the panel is one being uh, uh now uh, excuse me uh Sasha being uh attached to the Mandalorian because uh about to call her Ahsoka, but uh, Rosario Dawson and some other Star Wars fo- folks are there, so they could it could be a Star Wars panel or whatnot. But there also is a WWE panel that's happening this weekend there as well too. So here's my thing: WWE people do not. Uh, attend meet and greets when they are signed to WWE. It it this is going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting for a lot of reasons because say they did somehow resign and they're coming back and they still allowed them to sign. Is this is this a new structure to the contract? Remember all the folks who wanted to, to stream Twitch and cameos and they ended up working something out so that people can do that. And you have Dolph Ziggler hey. does this comedy hey. show. Speaking of which, Dakota flat out said uh, with her return, she uh, her stream is still going to be up. So Good. clearly something's going on. She's yep. going to keep her deal. Yep. So it, it's, it, I mean, I, I got to think in good graces, they say, hey, you can still take this signing, make your money, sign you back. We're going to allow folks to do things. We're going to do things different. I think that's a good step forward. So what's, what's really interesting is what is to come mm-hmm. out of this weekend. If WWE has a panel there and they are a half, maybe possibly signed back, why wouldn't they show up at the panel? Why wouldn't they announce them of being a part of that panel to do something? I think at the end of this week, we're going to figure, we're going to get, we're going to get some answers as to what the future of WWE looks like on a side. I'm going to say like, oh, maybe a contractual level or, or, or incentive level, whatever it may be, but how things are different now that, um triple h is there and 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 how things may be handled so because they wasn't pulled that's the big thing they, they were they were not pulled from the signings because that has happened there's definitely been moments of folks who were unsigned then it was no longer able to sign because wwe said you can't do that we're not gonna have you doing that and we know that comes directly from the man himself uh investment man so we'll see we'll see we'll see hey folks anywhere blah, 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 blah. Folks, anybody got anything else y'all want to add before we roll out tonight of our one hour and 10 minute mark? I'll, I'll make it quick. Um, I think the biggest thing about the AEW game is going to be what the day one patches look like. If I got <laughs> to to download, if I download the game because I'm buying it online and I have to download another 40 gig update. Stop. And 40 is friendly because most patches are 60, 80, and Call yeah. of Duty, God, is 100. So, so. yeah, so uh, yeah, I think like, obviously the gameplay is going to be the difference between me buying it, you know, on sale versus buying it day one. They got it listed for $60 for um, uh, next gen. So, I won't pay more than 40 if QT ain't on it. <laughs> hey, I do got good news for you though. Um, John Mosley's on it. I won't pay more than twenty if if uh, if QT ain't on it. <laughs> I said, that's why I said earlier. Go with the two K prices. Listen, you can get your uh, custom uh, 